ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 314th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football as well as many other sports. Well, it's been quite a weekend with three championships decided in three days. It started with Thursday, and that's my highlight of the week, which is the Washington Capitals finally breaking through to win their first ever Stanley Cup. They beat the Las Vegas Golden Knights, still the most successful expansion team in North American sports history. Beat them out in Vegas, and uh, the joy has been nonstop ever since. It was one of the great post-game celebrations, and uh, Alexander Ovechkin has just Kept it going right on through. Uh, since Thursday night, uh, he may have just had the greatest weekend of any athlete ever. He's uh, all over the airwaves from throwing out the first pitch at the Nationals game and getting a do-over to, uh, to partying at the game, partying after the game, Swimming in fountains, uh, which is classic in uh, Washington, D.C. fountains. Uh, meeting Ivana, Ivanka Trump and her husband Jared in Georgetown, I believe it was, over the weekend. And shown waking up with the Stanley Cup in his bed. Um, and you just got to love it. Uh, it's just great to see such unbridled joy. Uh, from a superstar. He had the weight of the world lifted off his shoulders. I was happy for him on Thursday night and even happier for him now, knowing uh, how much it meant to him. Uh, his career has been amazing. His postseason was just remarkable. Uh, had the most postseason goals after having the most regular season goals. But it was more about uh, his leadership his emotion throughout the postseason. He was just all in, and uh, this team did it the hard way. Started off losing their first two games at home in the opening round of the playoffs to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Stormed back to win four straight. Uh, they slayed their demon in the Pittsburgh Penguins, beating them on their home ice. They won every series on the other team's home ice. Uh and then they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, 
uh, in a game seven down in Tampa. So it just doesn't get any better than that. Uh, it was truly a remarkable, historic postseason run for the Capitals. I know a lot of people in D.C. who are really, really huge Capitol fans who have suffered through the years. Uh, and not many more teams in sports have had more disappointments than the Capitals. Uh, their history's for only 44 years old. Uh, but it's they've packed a lot into that 44 years, especially during Zovechkin's ten, tenure over the past 13 years or so. Uh, a lot of Game 7 losses, many of them at home, some blown 3-1 leads, and on and on and on. And we all know the history. So all credit to Ovechkin to say he was under fire uh, with each passing year and each postseason disappointment would be an understatement uh, in recent years. Uh, many in the hockey media and, and beyond called for him to be traded, just basically saying it's just not going to happen in D.C. for whatever reason. Uh, clearly, he was probably the most uh, notable current athlete in the four major sports uh, with that tag of best athlete never to win a championship. And on and on and on. The history is just uh, incredible with this guy. And He's uh, he's showing the weight that has been lifted off his shoulders by basically just partying nonstop since Thursday night. You can only imagine what Thursday night in Vegas must have been like, by the way. Uh, kind of interesting. I found myself thinking, like, this is the first team in North American sports history to ever win a championship uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, pretty good town to be in. And for this to be the team that did it, and uh, I can only imagine that Thursday night in Vegas must have been a pretty good time. So hats off to them. And my bizarre story of the week was watching Justify win the Triple Crown. And it was just so bizarre that it came so soon after American Pharaoh won it a couple years ago. That, of course, ended a 37-year drought uh, the shame of this is, although it was exciting and I watched in a crowded restaurant with audio and the crowd was mesmerized, but they didn't go nuts. Uh, I'm sure if it had been the first in 39, 40 years, they would have gone nuts. Uh, but this horse is historically great. Uh, although justify may not get its historical due again, given that it was done in the shadow of American Pharaoh finally breaking the, the long drought. Uh, but this horse, again, is undefeated. Uh, I believe he's the only horse other than Seattle Slough to ever make that claim. I uh, think I heard he just ran his first race in, like, mid-February. So I think he might be 6-0, and and I'm guessing he's retiring. Don't know that for a fact, but... Uh, Quite an achievement. He led wire to wire on Saturday. It was great stuff and uh, and just a great achievement for him. But again, just kind of uh, bizarre in that this horse, which is clearly historically great, alone with Seattle Slough as being undefeated, may not get 
it's just due, uh, given that it just didn't just came a few years after American Pharaoh, finally breaking that lengthy, lengthy drought. Well, my low light of the week concerning another championship uh, is all credit to the Warriors, but my low light of the week are the Cleveland Cavaliers basically quitting at home in game four to get swept. And it wasn't even competitive and just really shocking to see uh, the Cavs and their leader, LeBron, of course, uh, simply ran out of gas, too many weapons for Golden State. Uh, and if ever, ever a series was lost in game one, this was that series. Uh, <clears throat> we all know the story. J.R. Smith, no need to elaborate. Uh, LeBron apparently now came out right after game four. Uh, punched a whiteboard and <clears throat> injured his right hand. And, you know, his game was a little different as a result. Uh, you know, not a lot of three-pointers going mostly to the hoop. And it was just, again, uh, disappointing to see. I mean, I settled in to watch that game expecting, you know, the best effort. Uh, we all know the, the, the saying that uh, closing out a team is the toughest thing to do in sports. Certainly the Cavs were right there uh, in game three, but that turned out to be uh, Kevin Durant's true, genuine coming out party. He was just amazing. 43 points. I think he was 15 to 23 shooting. Uh, he basically single-handedly won that game. And on a night when Stephen Clay uh, had what was probably their worst game of the season when they both were out on the court for the entire game, basically. So uh, it was just uh, unbelievable to watch Kevin Durant that night. Anybody who ever wondered about Ke Kevin Durant certainly got it after that performance. It was clutch, and he, of course, nailed it with about a 35-footer, three-pointer, uh, the dagger, as we say, and it was just... Uh, a thing of beauty, to put it mildly. And lastly, my golf update of the week is Dustin Johnson winning the FedEx St. Jude Classic yesterday uh, in dramatic, not dramatic fashion, but fine fashion, shall we say, as he holed out the last shot from the fairway. And you just don't see that very often. Uh, a walk-off golf win, so to speak, uh, from the fairway. Uh, we see it all the time uh, on the putting green, but a rare event uh, when he drains it from 150 yards or thereabouts. So now we're uh, in U.S. Open week down at Shinnecock Hills in Long Island, down in the Hamptons. Should be a great week. I was there at Oakmont a couple years ago near Pittsburgh when DJ broke through and ended his major's drought, much like Ovechkin. He, he won his major, and he silenced all the critics once and for all. And it was a great thing to see. He, he nailed his dagger with a putt on the 16th. I was sitting right there. Uh, one of the great things I've seen in golf. And he uh, then took care of the 17th and 18th that Sunday. And again, after many disappointments, specifically in the U.S. Open, at Chambers Bay uh, the year before, he when he lost to Jordan Spieth, 
he slayed all the dragons, exercised all the demons, and uh, so DJ has to be considered a force, if not the favorite, to come in. By winning yesterday, he uh, got back his number one rank ranking in golf. So there we go, heading into the U.S. Open uh, as the number one ranked golfer in the world. I guess the history of uh, winning the U.S. Open the week after winning a tournament is slim, if not none. So we'll have to see how DJ does, but uh, he certainly served notice that he is uh, he's ready for the U.S. Open this week. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game, and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 1- 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football as well as many other sports, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great, John. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thank you for calling in, as always, and... Uh, Quite a, quite a weekend uh, where we had three championships in three days. It started Thursday night with the Washington Capitals breaking through to win their first ever Stanley Cup. Then Friday night, the Warriors swept the Cavs. And Saturday, uh, Justify won the Triple Crown. So good stuff, Uh and it was just weird, AP, how, like, to have the winter sports end kind of early and so suddenly was uh, a, a bit of a shock to the system for we sports fans. Uh, but we have to start with, you know, the Cavs. Uh, 
I said in the opening segment, I thought that, you know, the Cavs basically quit, you know, midway through game four, which was really disappointing because we all know the old adage, closing out a team is uh, the, the hardest thing to do in sports, but certainly not the case Friday night with the Warriors. No, really, John, did it, it didn't seem like a championship game to me. That, no, that Friday totally night. agree. Uh, I just, you didn't get that feeling, did you? I didn't get that feeling. Not at all, not at all. I couldn't couldn't agree more. It was the uh, subdued championship celebration. But, you know, game three turned out to be, you know, the last piece of drama we were going to get with Kevin Durant going off for 43 and competitive game. And, of course, Durant uh, dropped the dagger on him with that three-pointer from at least 35 feet (laughs) to uh, put the game away. So that was it. But, yeah, you know – Despite that, I mean, I settled in Friday night, and, uh, you know, I was ready for some competitive basketball again, you know, given the postseason LeBron's had and all that. I thought, you know, we could see something epic here. Last year was the same scenario. They lost the first three, but one game four at home, but not even close to that this year, AP. No, I thought they'd maybe win a game. I think I, my prediction was uh, six games, the Warriors, but... I, I didn't see the sweep coming, but after that third game, I, I started to wonder and because they just didn't have enough firepower to match the Golden State Warriors. Uh, LeBron, I think this argument about Michael Jordan and LeBron, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, I really have to study it some more, but I, I think Michael Jordan still is a favorite for me. I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. And LeBron had, you know, up until uh, really Friday night in my book, uh, he didn't have his best game in game three on whatever, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, whenever it was. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he. but up until then, he had one of the greatest postseasons, if not the greatest postseason in NBA history. But to have it end with such a thud, makes it, uh, you know, makes it hard to really uh, elevate LeBron because we know how it works, AP. It's the last thing people see, and the last thing people saw was, you know, basically the Cavs just giving in and LeBron sitting at the podium explaining his uh, hand injury, which, of course, he got apparently self-admitted. He got when he punched a whiteboard after game one. I can certainly understand why he did. If ever a series were lost in game one, it was this series. Uh, and you could tell he's just, you know, you, we didn't know what it was, but you knew something. He didn't seem to be the same player the last three games. Um, no. no. So, yeah, so John, you were going to say? John, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if you would have seen Michael Jordan's team swept twice, right? This is the second time. Correct. Correct. Um, I forgot about that. The other one was the first one against, was it the Spurs? I think it was the Spurs. But, you know, John, I mean, he's still one of the greatest players of all time, but, you know, you could have this argument forever because it's never going to be settled. But, but, uh, you know, he's been to the championship, what is it, nine times now? I mean, that's, I mean, that's uh, Jerry West, I think, lost to the Celtics, what was it, seven or eight times? Elgin Miller, Jerry West. Exactly. 
Yeah, and that so, is a, an accomplishment in, in and of itself. If I'm not mistaken, his record in the finals is now three and six. Um, yeah. So you know, it's uh, it's again. I mean, you can't deny his greatness, and he did things you know that we just thought nearly unimaginable. I mean, I don't know if any ever athlete has ever really put his team on his back to take him this deep into the finals. But again, you know, to have it end, you know, so harshly, and then they have the injury news come out, self-inflicted. Uh, you know, it just, you know, negates some of the uh, the glory that he built coming in because it was just uh, so many remarkable games, 40-plus games, triple-doubles, game-winning shots. I mean, he, he just had it all. Just took over games, completely controlled them, all leading to me, from my perspective, game seven, you know, and I said this last week when they got, like, and the Celtics didn't put them away in the second quarter and they got up by something like five points late in the third, early in the fourth, I just said, that's it. In other words, there's no way LeBron is letting a game seven slip away at this point when he has the lead. And that's exactly how it unfolded. You know, once they got the lead, they held it thanks to LeBron. And, you know, that was that. So it's it's tough to in any way criticize LeBron because the overall uh, body of work in this postseason was – Maybe the best ever. Yeah, and he and he can't be per- perfect every game. So he, you know, right. he's going to have a downturn as well. So you know, his teammates have to pick him up. But I just still think, like I said, one of the greatest players, and he still has some basketball left. And now the big decision is where will he end up next season? And you know, does he want to go to Los Angeles? He's going to go to the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. I mean. Or is he going to stay in Cleveland? Right. It's obviously the story of the offseason, needless to say. He's, uh, you know, to say he moves the needle and, you know, uh, alters the balance of the entire NBA would be an understatement. Uh, Really tough to say. I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way, being located up here in Boston, you know, if his number one objective is to beat the Warriors... And that then I think the team he should come to is Boston. You know, I don't think he wants to meet the Warriors anywhere before the NBA finals. Uh, And I think the Celtics are clearly the team in the East that is the most ready at LeBron to beat the Warriors, uh, at least in the East. In the West, it clearly, in my mind, would be Houston, obviously, uh, who gave the Warriors a real run for their money. And, uh, so, yeah, yeah, the Sixers, a lot to like about the Sixers, uh, but they're just not ready. You know, they're just not. They're too young, where the Celtics uh, got tremendous experience, uh, you know, this year and last year. I mean, they went to the Eastern Conference Final two years in a row. So, you know, you, you can't put a price on that experience you mix in LeBron, and now you've got a team that's ready for the NBA Finals. Uh, and that wouldn't that be a great series? Uh, but we shall see. I mean, I'm guessing. I, I just don't know if we're talking just salary or if the Celtics have to give up, Ky- you know, 
marquee players. But yeah, the, the, let's not forget the elephant in the room here, which is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving left the Cavaliers to get away from Ron's shadow. So I can't imagine. I would think if they even talked to LeBron, that Kyrie would be so upset he might not want to play here anymore. I mean, that's a big deal. I think that would be just them having conversation with LeBron based on what we know. Yeah, that's the scenario we definitely see Kyrie leave, I think. But, but John, I'm wondering if he's, he's wired open to those types of changes to come to the Celtics, whereas the people who talk about this decision they're mentioning Philadelphia and the Lakers and like you said would he want to meet Golden State before the championship yeah I I don't know I mean I guess there's so many ways to look at it I mean I would think not but in the same light you know Golden State tends to get better if you know what I mean obviously Um, you know after watching them against Houston they seem to have a lot of vulnerabilities, but boy, none of them were evident in the finals. It's like, you know, it's kind of like when they came back 3-1 from Oklahoma City a couple years ago. It's like, you, you know, they just seem to come out of this Rocket Series stronger, like, you know, with some swagger. They knew they could do it, that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really tough to say. Um, but... You know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, the, the best shot's always just, you know, getting them at the end, the NBA Finals, because it's just, uh, you know, the final two teams playing and, you know, take it from there. But, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no recipe for this, shall we say. There's no right way to do it. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to watch. And, of course, the Lakers would seem to be the obvious choice. He has... I believe, two houses in Los Angeles. Uh, I did like what he had to say after game four about, you know, answering the question when he talked about, uh, you know, it's going to be a family decision because, you know, he has uh, three kids, I believe, and one who is just graduating eighth grade. So so this is a key move to me. And I guess they call him Bronny, his youngest son, who I guess is also a spectacular basketball player. So I, I think a, a major factor here could be, you know, where is he going to go to high school, which is obviously so important in this day and age. I mean, of one and dones and all that, high school is the real critical period. Yeah, John, you're correct. I mean, I think his family is going to have it be a crucial influence in this decision. So, you know, in Los Angeles, that is an appealing place for to end his career out in uh, you know, Hollywood, near Hollywood, because he's in the entertainment business as well. So th- that could be something that's appealing to not only LeBron, but his family as well. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the Celtics. I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised if he went to Philadelphia. I just He's a person that kind of makes his own decisions and lives with it. Well, Exactly. You know, and I found myself thinking, like, you know, with the homes in L.A., you know, if it's going to be about his family and his kids, then what that sounds, what that says to me is quite simply, you know, how much time has the family spent out there? Do his kids have friends in Los Angeles? I, I know it sounds right, maybe right. a little, it might sound a little trite, but you can't overstate it. The flip side of that, of course, is. T 
teenagers or the older kids get, the less they want to leave their friends, which is everything yeah. at that age. So, you, you know, the, the, that's really like the first question I had would, uh, <laughs> you know, have they spent a lot of time there enough that the kids have friends out there and, you know, you know feel comfortable, shall we say, and that like a move to L.A. for them would not be so dramatic, shall we say, as any move is on any young child. So we'll see. Uh, but it is going to be uh, overdrive at the highest, highest level. That's for sure. Uh, this is going to be beyond a dominant story, to say the least. John, isn't there a decision to be made with Cleveland by maybe the 29th of June or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly right. That's my understanding. And it seems like it's just right around the corner. And uh, so, yeah, and then I think free agency starts July 1st. I mean, and the reason I know that is very simply, I think we all remember when Kevin Durant a couple years ago, you know, rented the house in the Hamptons and everybody flew in to see him on like basically July 4th weekend, including, you know, the Celtics uh, with Tom Brady in tow. <laughs> I don't think we'll, we'll soon forget that. Not, not up here in Boston. And uh, so, yeah, so the, that's exactly what I think that it starts on July one and, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, yeah. He very well might stay in Cleveland. Uh, I would think his first move would be, what he's doing in the next two weeks would be, you know, surveying the landscape and, and seeing who who is, uh, you know, who's available. And I don't know if he's allowed to talk to these people or not, but at least putting together in his own mind a best case scenario of the team that he could put together in Cleveland if he got his wish list of everybody he would want to come that, and he got them to come. I don't know. That, that would seem to be the first move. Yeah, there's all types of calculations that will be made in the next couple of weeks. And like you say, the decision is imminent that June 29th with Cleveland. So I'm sure there's all kind of conversations going on through the back channels and trying to find out what could happen in Cleveland, his hometown team, and then he's looking beyond to all these other, other teams, what they might have up their sleeve. But... Yeah, there's a lot of phone wires burning up. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, it's going to be fun. No, that's for sure. You know, again, he he alters the balance of the entire league. Period. Just that simple. Uh, no one else can do it like him. Uh, well, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our first segment. So, still a whole lot of sports to get to, and we will do that on the other side of the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we were talking about the Cavs-Warriors and the fact that three championships were decided uh, this weekend, going back to Thursday night, where the Capitals beat the expansion, Las Vegas Golden Knights. Alexander Ovechkin is still partying, and they haven't even had the parade yet. Um, but Saturday evening, horse racing history, Justify won the Triple Crown, wire-to-wire victory at the Belmont, and it was just impressive to see Struck me, as I said in the opening statement, you know, felt a little bizarre. I watched it in a crowded restaurant. They turned on the audio, and everybody was watching and listening and into it, but it wasn't like the reaction that you might have had if if he was the horse that broke the drought, the 37-year drought, which was done by American Pharaoh a couple years ago. But this horse is undefeated, the only other undefeated horse other than Seattle Slough ever, and... Uh, it was sports racing history. I think it's the 13th. I think he's the 13th horse ever to win the triple crown. in what seems like about, I think has been running for about 150 years or so. Yeah, John, I was really excited. I believe he led from start to finish. Wire to wire. And Absolutely. What? Yeah. Wire to wire. And 
there's just a, a little slight controversy, I guess, where, you know, Bob Baffert, that's his second Triple Crown winner, but he but he had the other horse in the race, uh, Restoring Hope, and that they, some other jockeys, or they they said that maybe he was running interference for, for Justify, but it was still a fabulous race, and you're always glad to see a Triple Crown winner because it just, just doesn't happen every day. It took 37 years to break that streak with American Pharaoh not too long ago. Yes, well, it was good memories for me seeing it. I went to the Belmont and covered it uh, the year before American Pharaoh won it. I went a year too early, uh, but I was there the year California Chrome won the first two, the Derby and the Preakness, and it, it was just really an incredible setting to put it mildly one of the great sports events you know i've ever been to uh because uh, this horse california chrome was before american pharaoh so certainly uh that would have been sports history of the highest level uh when they came down the stretch and i was near the finish line i mean it was one of the great roars from a crowd i've ever heard in my life a hundred thousand plus at the Belmont and uh, screaming like only New Yorkers can scream. But I mean, he was, he was in it, but not really in it. Like he was in it, you know, he was in the, you know, in the thick of it, but not really out ahead or had done nothing up to that point to lead you to believe he was going to win that race. Despite that, you never know. So again, for sports moments, this is one of the all time great ones I've ever experienced when they came Rounded the curve for that uh, final stretch run, and that place was just going crazy. But it would have been a miracle for him to, you know, come from the middle of the pack to have won that race. But anyway, Justify didn't have that worry. He was wire to wire, as you said. And I had heard about the controversy AP with, you know, one of uh, Baffert's horses possibly running interference. Uh, I, I don't know if that's, quote, illegal or if it's just like... Uh, bad etiquette how that works in the world of horse racing i'm guessing it's not illegal <laughs> right right if it was illegal it would have been a complaint would have been filed and right and verified so i i mean like you said it's probably maybe bad etiquette in the horse ra- world of horse racing but nonetheless justify was the fastest horse that day and led wire to wire and and I'm, I, it's a great two minutes i have been to the belmont there were t- uh, twice and there were two horses vying for the triple crown. They didn't make it. So I've, I've been, experienced the big crowds in New York and the excitement, the anticipation, the apprehension. And, and that last final leg where the, the horse is trying to win the triple crown, but it is unsuccessful twice and both times I was there. But, but horse racing, it's really kind of a cool sport. There's nothing like it that two minutes. And you're watching yes. those athletes uh, and the jockeys compete. And you just don't know what's going to happen on that day. I agree. Well, I'm glad to hear you're at the Belmont. I don't know that I knew that. Um, but you're right. There's nothing like it. Nothing like a triple crown buzz in the air. And, you know, I was lucky. I grew up around some horse racing down in Pennsylvania. And I used to go to uh, uh, Charlestown Raceway in West Virginia. Uh, pretty big time track, actually. And... Uh, yeah, so my father used to take us down there, and uh, yeah, it was great stuff. I mean, you know, we were teenagers, and we'd be up and at the track 
you know, like Bill Parcells at 5 a.m. <laughs> with the sunrise, uh, watching the horses work out and whatnot. Right. And, uh, yeah, so it's always been a part of me. I've been out to Saratoga three or four times uh, in the last decade, only about a four-hour drive from here in Boston, and that is a fabulous take. Uh, it only runs for six weeks from mid-July to Labor Day, and every day is like a uh, like a state fair, for lack of a better word. Uh, <laughs> it's great. It's great, uh, to, to put it mildly. Uh, and of course, the Travers Cup on you know in late August wraps up uh, the season, as they call it, uh, in Saratoga, which is just a great town. It's much, it's much more than the racetrack. That's for darn sure. Uh, just a fabulous, fabulous town. Yeah, John, I have been to Saratoga, and it's beautiful. I really love going there in late August, and and I went to Keeneland was the other track that I've. And that was the first time I went to a horse race. It was the opening day, I think, in uh, October. And Alabama was playing Kentucky that night. And, and Kentucky actually defeated Alabama the first time since 1922 with Tim Couch, who was a quarterback. That was 1997, I think. But Keith oh, yeah. and Saratoga, very, very, very pretty tracks. Yeah, it's really just a, uh, you know, it's a great take. It's a great way to spend a day. It really, truly is. When I mentioned, uh, you know, going to the races in Charlestown, West Virginia, when I was like a young kid, we hit a 62 to one shot. Uh, unfortunately, it was only a $2 bet and we're going back a ways here, but you know, we won 125 bucks, which was, uh, pretty big money back in the day. And, uh, you know, it stuck with me my whole life. I never forgot it. And, uh, yeah, so it's terrific. And of course, Saratoga, I love because it's Steelers fan growing up in western PA that of course is where Art Rooney uh, had maybe the most legendary sports day in American gambling history he basically went up at the height of the depression 1930s I believe it was maybe the 20, late 20s and won I think something that sounds like $100,000 probably the equivalent of five, ten million now used that money from the winnings that day to come home back to Pittsburgh and bought the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we all know the rest of the story. And there's actually a plaque in uh, Saratoga at the raceway commemorating Art Rooney. So all Steeler fans have a connection to Saratoga and horse racing, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's quite a story. I mean, you can, it's a great story. Yeah, you can't make that up. I think the only thing that's comparable that I can think of was when I think Fred Smith of uh, Federal Express, he was having trouble making payroll. He went to Las Vegas and made payroll. And I never heard that. that story. Yeah, you know, oh, I didn't know that. that story. Federal Express, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great story. Yeah. I had never heard that one. But to do it in the sports world, you know, win the money from the sports world and then buy a team – like the Pittsburgh Steel, that I think that's that's pretty cool. Oh yes, yes, and oh by the way, it wasn't like uh, the, we're talking talent here. We're not talking luck. Uh, and that wasn't the last day Art Rooney bet on the horses. He, it was something he loved throughout <laughs> his life. I know he used to go to Penn National and whatnot, another race co uh, racetrack in Pennsylvania, and you know he knew his stuff. He knew his stuff. This, again, this wasn't luck. This was skill and knowledge and. Uh, 
so yeah, it, it was his thing. Uh, aside from football, I think it was his his true passion, uh, along with what became his passion, obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers and AP. Here we are again. We're at the end of another segment. Still have uh, a few more things to get to, including some uh, news in the world of college football, which we'll discuss on the other side of the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, hard to believe, the opening of the World Cup this week. Uh, Kind of incredible. Kind of snuck up on us all, and it's uh, it's pretty weird, AP, with America not being in it, you know? Uh, it just doesn't quite feel the same. Um, but, you know, the fact is they're not in it, so uh, we'll have to, you know, find other teams, I guess. Correct. If I'm not, if I'm reading this correctly... Uh, it begins on Thursday. Russia, the host nation, uh, playing Saudi Arabia at 11 a.m., I assume, Eastern time. Who knows? <laughs> right. Anyway, and then off we go. Uh, you know, I'm just looking here. Portugal, Spain, 2 p.m. Friday. Interesting. Given their uh, neighboring countries. Argentina, Iceland. Remember Iceland a couple years ago with the... Uh, uh, number one, the great run, but the great cheer that their fans did. I'm just scrolling. Germany, Mexico, 11 a.m. Sunday. That's a biggie. Those are two. Uh, yeah, those are two 
marquee team. So, it, you know, it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, it's going to grow on us. Uh, for instance, there's bars and lots of them here in Boston that uh, are going to be wild. Uh, you know, they show soccer every weekend, Premier League and whatnot, and they're packed at like 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings. And then there's the Italian section of Boston called the North End. When Italy's playing, that will just be off the charts. Uh, we were there the year Italy won it. We were there the day they won it in the North End in Boston. And it was just <laughs> it was just something I'll never forget. And then the last World Cup in 2014, we watched the World Cup final in an outdoor sports bar cafe. Got to add the word cafe in Paris. And I'll never forget it. It was great. Germany won. And uh, make no mistake about it, the streets filled up big time with uh, Germany fans partying. And uh, so it's great. So, I, uh, you know, again, it's all going to grow on us. It's just a little weird before it gets going where, like, the U.S. isn't in it. And it just seems odd. But we'll survive. And I think, again, it, you know. It'll be enjoyable. It always is. Yeah, the teams will emerge with a good story or a player or a coach or something. Oh, yeah. Fans will gravitate to that to that message. No doubt about it. And that's not the only football we have to discuss. Sounds like you have some new news on from the world of college football. So you stay on top of this like no one I know. So uh, can't wait to hear the latest. Yeah, John, it looks like there's going to be three new bowl games added for the 2020 season, and that becomes official through the NCAA Competition Committee. And one of the bowl games probably is going to be at Wrigley Field, maybe the ACC versus the Big Ten. That's a good matchup. Oh, yeah. And wow. I hadn't, yeah, heard, I hadn't heard this. Yeah, that's a, that's a great match. And somebody like, let's say, Florida State playing against – Iowa or somebody or, you know, Florida State. Sure. They could be in Chicago. I mean, that would be great, right? Uh, then you have the next one is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's a nice destination. You're kidding me. I had no idea. I was just down there recently. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It could be Conference USA, the MAC, Sunbelt, those types of leagues. And then the third location, they're really not sure yet, but it could be Arizona State and Tempe. Charleston, South Carolina, or Greenville, North Carolina. Wow, and I was just in the Carolinas, like I mentioned, including Charleston and uh, near Greenville. Heard great things about Greenville. Haven't been, but wow, I went uh, Charleston. I when I was there, not this time, but a few years ago, I went to the Citadel Stadium, and I wonder if that's where they would hold it. It was a very nice stadium. I was impressed. If in Charleston. Yeah. Yeah, that'd probably be where they would hold that game, probably. I don't know if there's how many stadiums are in that city. but And then, John, just another change in 2020, the Mountain West, they've always been tied to the Las Vegas Bowl. But right. The, the, but the Pac-12, they're going to uh, probably replace them with the SEC. Wouldn't that be interesting, a Pac-12 and the SEC playing in Las Vegas in 2020? That would be awesome. Las Vegas uh, is now the place to be, period. Uh, the Washington Capitals won the first ever sports championship in Vegas last Thursday night. We all know the Raiders are going there. Uh, the grand experiment 
with the Golden Knights <clears throat> was beyond a raging success, to put it mildly. Uh, there's a sports team. It's a sports story of the year in my book, even though they didn't win the championship. I'm talking more like the fact of the first sports team ever in Vegas, professional, you know, uh, make such a big splash and is such a success. So, anyway, that's that's great with the bowl games. That's just awesome. Myrtle Beach. I can't help but wonder. Do, they, do you know if they have a stadium there? Uh, I'm they unaware of a stadium. Yeah, I re- yeah, I really don't know. But something's going to have to be erected or, uh, you know, meet certain standards for for the attendance. Well, they're no obviously there. It's known for golf great beaches and uh you know they, they have a very robust kind of sports commission shall we say in myrtle beach they get a lot of sports events there so i'm guessing they already have a pretty decent facility and i'm talking about like you know youth sports whatnot you know amateur sports uh, you know at all levels where they have various championships in Myrtle Beach. They got all the hotels you could ever ask for and all that type of thing. Great setting. So anyway, I'm sure it'll be great. That's a great spot for it at that time of year as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the the announcement, and I really like that Las Vegas Bowl tying in with the SEC. I think it's terrific. Wow. Uh, again, Vegas, it's the new place to be. Uh, you know, it's just... Uh, their love of sports was on full display with, with, with them and the Golden Knights. I had the luxury of being out there in March. The Minnesota Wild happened to be the team visiting the Golden Knights, and there was just Minnesota fans in their wild jerseys <laughs> uh, all over town, thousands, all over town, dominating presence. And this was during the NCAAs to boot, March Madness, and they still stood out. So, yeah, Vegas is... Uh, Again, they've announced themselves with the Golden Knights as uh, America's next great sports city, for sure. Yeah, John, I, can you imagine those SEC teams having a chance to go to Las Vegas, and they're so you know rabid, and I, I think they'll, they'll do quite well with that association. Correct, correct. I think we're all still wondering what the uh, Washington Capitals did after they won the championship in Vegas, right? <laughs> I'm sure they had a pretty good night. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure they, uh, you know, uh, tested the waters for all teams to follow on what it's like to win a professional sports championship uh, in the city of Las Vegas. Uh, and I can't think of a better team or a better person than Alexander Ovechkin to have been the first to do that. <laughs> he, he, t- he, t- he took uh, full advantage of the situation. Full advantage. Absolutely. He still is. Like I said, they haven't even had the parade. I think it's tomorrow. And we'll get one last look at, at, at Ovi in the cup. Um, well, AP, hard to believe. We're uh, here at the end of our show. Thanks for closing it out with the interesting news about new bowls in college football at interesting locations. So I think it's great. And I want to thank you, as always, for calling in with your great perspective. Hey, thank you, John. It was always my pleasure. Really had a good time. All right, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.